0: Hey everyone, and thanks for tuning in to this week's message. My name's Aaron and I'm on the staff team here at Eastlake. Everything we do around here depends on the generous donations of our local and online community. People just like you, who tune into these messages and see great benefit from living that idea that life is a gift and love is the point. So if you love what Eastlake is up to, we'd encourage you to contribute by going to eastlakecc.com. With that, let's jump into this week's message. Today, Kristen and Peter talk with Bart Campolo as they continue our series, What's on Your Mind? Please check the description for links to our quarterly Spotify playlist and guided meditation.
1: Well, hey everybody, thanks for tuning in as we continue our mental health series. We're really excited we get to hear today from our friend Bart Campolo. How are you today, Bart? Good. Hi, everybody. <laughs> it's great to have you. I'm joined here by my friend, Kirsten Birchanal. I'm Peter Gadd. And, um We're kind of just going to jump right in. We've had a lot of different topics that we've gone over so far today. I'm not sure you want to call yourself this by any means, but we're going to talk about the topic of conflict resolution. And either that means you have a lot of conflict in your life and you're practicing how to resolve it, or you have a lot of experience uh, resolving conflict. Regardless, we're just excited to pick your brain on the topic.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and it's funny, like, I, 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 I used to hang out with this guy named William Ury. Um, I was working on this crazy project in the Middle East called The Abraham's Path, and, and William is this famous author, uh, and, and you might not know his name, but you'll know his book. His, his most famous book was called Getting to Yes, hmm. and we all had to read it, like, when we were in business school or college or somewhere, like, yeah. it's a book about conflict, and anyway, William's just like very zened out guy. He's very cool. He teaches at Harvard and he's all, you know. but William, William used to say, you know, it's really not conflict resolution because there's a lot of conflicts you can't resolve. He said, it's conflict transformation where you take a conflict that is really toxic and hurting everybody and you transform it into a constructive conflict in which people may not see things the same way, but they understand each other better and there's yep. a, and, 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 and they figure out a way to accommodate each other. And sometimes you resolve a conflict. Sometimes you actually clear it out, but a lot yeah. of times it's just a matter of making it something that doesn't hurt everybody so much.
1: Yeah. That's great. That's yeah. a great kind of, I think, goal too, or maybe a yeah, little bit yeah. more attainable goal than resolving yeah. every conflict. Right. Maybe for those, um, I know, obviously, Bart, you were a part of our panel, which was fantastic. For those of you that maybe are tuning in now and you missed the panel, that was awesome so maybe go back and listen to that um but for people that might not know kind of what you're up to now you have a counseling practice you're a licensed mental health professional is that, the, I have, is that a good term
0: i'm really recently like really recently cool. um yeah I, I i was like the humanist chaplain at usc and then when i came back to cincinnati because my wife hated los angeles um i had to figure out like how do i make you know i like i wasn't even i wasn't making a living there either but like i really had to figure out like you know ultimately the savings had run out and my wife was like, you got to do something. And yeah. so we tried to figure out, like, if you're a former minister, you know, a former evangelical preacher, do you have any transferable skill that you can turn into a legitimate, a legitimate enterprise? Like, you know, and so it was like, it was like selling timeshares or, or, um, or go to therapy school. And so. I, and I've always loved talking to people one-on-one and working through stuff. And so yeah, so I became a, a therapist. And yep. I still I still do like I still podcast and I still do like this uh humanist congregation here in Cincinnati. Like I mm-hmm. sort of something like that wants to grow up and be East Lake when it's when it's when it's a lot when it's grown up. Um, but but in the meantime, yeah, I make a living doing therapy. Yeah. And a lot Good. of and 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 for the purpose of this conversation, I do a lot of couples therapy. Mm.
1: Yes, yeah, so I was curious, even as you think about a really high level, right, mental health and conflict resolution, maybe some might not necessarily connect the dots. So how would you connect the dots for people listening?
0: You know, here's the thing is that the biggest mental health issues in our country right now uh, that people talk about all the time are depression and anxiety. Okay, now I'm, I'm not going to get all technical and take you through all my, my love of Johan Hari and chasing the scream and lost connections. But like, I am going to tell you that anxiety and depression in my experience are almost always rooted in a lack of connection, trauma and, or a lack of connection. And oftentimes trauma that has created a lack of connection where people don't feel understood or connected to other people or to, or to nature or to their work or to themselves. And, um, and so relationships are usually at the center of of most mental health problems now like there are these you know schizophrenia like they're they're they're, they're like you know bipolar disorder like there are these things that come upon you these bodily things that hit you like a Mm -hmm. truck out of nowhere and they affect your relationships and your relation and relationships are a part of the way you treat them but they're not they're not they're not rooted in relationship. They're rooted in chemistry or something else. But a lot, of, a lot of the depression and anxiety that I see, and certainly when married couples come in and they're struggling, a lot of it boils down to, like, like obviously there's a brokenness in the relationship, and a lot of times the brokenness in the relationship comes because people who started out with a good relationship or had a good relationship, somebody wrongs somebody something goes wrong um and they and they don't know how to fix it and so you know the the, when i marry couples what i you know when i'm performing the ceremony what i go like like take a good look at this person because you know you know first of all take a picture because you'll never see that person again (laughs) Uh, you know they'll change you know you know you know, people say, I, I'm marrying this person because I want to spend the rest of, we want to spend the rest of our lives together. I'm like, good luck on that. You know, <laughs> like I've been married to 14 different women. You know, they're, they're all named Marty, but like, my gosh, right. you know, it's, you know you, you so change. people change. And, and the other thing I always say is like, take a good look at this person because like, no one is ever going to hurt you more consistently and more mm-hmm. deeply than that person. It's, it's inspiring. It's, <laughs> you say
2: that during a ceremony. I do. I do, and, 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 and all
0: the and, and all the older couples in the audience are going like, "Hey, man, yes. oh boy, oh. I know, what you know. And, and I'm sort so of like, so what I say is like, listen, here's the thing: you don't believe me because you're so in love, but like you're gonna hurt each other. And so, if you want to know how to how to build this wonderful relationship and how to keep it you're going to have to learn how to get through those, how to get on the other side. So that means you're going to have to learn the skills that, you know, that simply stated like, and I do it more poetically in a marriage ceremony, but I'm like, ultimately you're going to have to learn how to, you're going to have to learn how to forgive. Um, But before you get to forgiveness in, in a functional relationship, you got there's sort of three three steps that I would say it's like you have to learn how to confront somebody hurts you and you have to learn to say hey you know and 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 like there's a whole skill to confronting Mm -hmm. and then that person has to apologize and there's a whole set of stuff that like what what, what's a good apology and then the other person has to forgive and that's a whole other thing and so you would be shocked peter you would be shocked at how many people when in mar- married couples come in and when I start to ask them, like, tell me wh- how apology and forgiveness worked in your family growing up. Like when your parents apologized to you or to each other, how did that work? And they go like, I can never remember my mother apologizing to me or my father apologizing to me. Oh, totally.
1: Yeah, I was thinking yeah. about that with even the conversation with Brittany. I'm, I'm interested in Kristen and how you guys talk about it, but way different family dynamics in terms of confrontation was, uh, was common and, and not done well, but it was like, we're like a debate confront everybody family. Like we'll we'll tell you there's something in your teeth and be the first one to put it out. Right, right, right. And her family is like a sweep under the rug. We're always best friends. Like something terrible just happened. Now we're going to play a board game, you know, like completely ignore. Yeah, there is no stuff.
0: conflict. We, yeah. we, you know, and so always good. right. And Kristen, I don't know if you can relate to that. Like,
1: yeah,
2: you know, I, I'm trying to think about what I saw and watched growing up. Um, And I remember not a lot of confrontation. I think they, um, not a lot of confrontation, like, in front of us. So not a lot of resolution scene either. Like, I know my parents had conflict, but I think their way of trying to be healthy about it was, like, don't. Do that in front of the kids and resolve it all outside of that. And um,
0: and, and and I could have
2: used I could use yeah. good examples of seeing that. And I think about it all the time because I don't think my husband and I are good at it. And I've even noticed my kids—they're only four and six—and they really struggle with saying "I'm sorry." Like it, and I, I try not to do the like force them to just say the words because then they're like "sorry," you know. Um, but it's such a, I don't know if it's DNA from our families or if it's just humankind, that there's some sort of thing with like this fear of admitting that you're wrong or that you made a mistake, which is so something that I want to break, I guess, because right now, you know, with kids, when they bicker, we have a lot of that going on right now. And a lot of trying to teach, you know, that it's okay to make mistakes and you just, you want to say I'm sorry are you okay like that kind of stuff and it's it's not going super and, well
0: here. And, and you know and when we talk about mental health like one of the great ironies of this is is that once people learn how apology and forgiveness actually works in a relationship they go like oh my gosh like I almost want to do something wrong so that I can apologize so that I can be forgiven because like it feels so great. And, and, and you realize it's almost like when a bone breaks and then they put it in the cast. What they say is like the bone is, is the strongest at the place of healing. That's oftentimes what happens in a really well handled problem is that people end up saying like, I, 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 don't, wanna, I don't want to cause. I wouldn't want to do that on, again on purpose. But like it turns out that that brought us together. And like, we're closer now than we were before we screwed, before I screwed up or before she screwed up. Yeah. Yeah. You I know. can see that. That's good. Fun. Yeah. Think about you. think about your closest friendships and, and like w- w- what the crucial moments were when you were like, oh, this is really a friend. And a lot of times it's like a lot of people screw up, but this guy circled back and he, and he, and he, and he, and he, and he, was like, I love you so much. And I, I'm sorry I did that to you, Peter. And, and, and we worked it through, we talked it through. And then I was like, dude, we're really friends now. All right. So
1: that's great. I think those elements too are kind of, like, I, I want to hear you maybe go into them a little bit. Like when I think of, you said, you know, a good confrontation. So like, all right, walk me through Bart. <laughs> I know how I have historically confronted and I would love to hear what other the healthy one look like. Okay. <laughs> we've all been confronted poorly, right? No, so this is like great. I, I'm going
0: to, I'm going to, I'm going to do the confrontation thing a little bit. Then I'll do the apology thing, hardcore. And then I'll do the forgiveness thing kind of in the middle. Cool. And like, and like, Honestly, this is gonna suck for you guys as a podcast or as a as a thing because we're supposed to be dialoguing. No, it's great. No, no this I'm, is perfect. But I'm just gonna tell you what I'm gonna just, like. I've worked this crap out. Um, and and, and by the way, when I give you like my three steps to this or my five steps to that, like if you go on the internet, you'll find like. The nine elements of a great apology, the four elements of the great apology, like everybody has a number. Everybody has their own way of explaining it and chopping it up. Like I'm not saying this is the best or this is the right one. I'm just saying like, this is one that's worked for me. So it's like, you yeah. know, but like they all have the same basic elements. Like, you know, people that know about this stuff know about this stuff and, and they know that there are certain things here. So I'm going to, okay. So when it comes to the confrontation, Peter, somebody has wronged you. Okay. And you're angry and upset. Or you feel wrong. Maybe you haven't even been wrong, but you feel wrong. You're angry. Like things have not gone your way. And you as soon as I say this, you are like, oh yeah, I've heard that a thousand times. That's nothing. And you go like, they go like, it's really important that when you confront somebody, in a, in a, especially somebody you care about, that you do your best to use I statements. I felt hurt by. I didn't like. I, I, I was angry When rather than you statements like, you made me feel angry, you hurt me, you did this. And the reason is, you say, like, what's the difference between saying you hurt me and I felt hurt by what you did? And the difference is, is that you're going to get a lot more defensive when I start the sentence with you. Yeah. It's accusatory and, and people shut down. And, and so it's really hard when you're angry to confront Instead of to pay back, you know, so our tendency is to go like, like, like for instance, and I'll, I'll tell you this, like Peter, if you step on my foot and I go like you asshole, <laughs> um, that's not a confrontation. Like that's, that's yeah. just, a, that's just, that's just a, a counter, a counterpunch. Okay.
1: Right. Accusation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, ouch, I, I really got hurt there. When you when you when you walked by, like I re I, that really hurts. That thing, the thing that you just did, that really hurt. Like I got, I really got hurt by that. Yeah. Okay.
1: So I'm hearing so far, a good confrontation starts with "ouch, not you,
0: asshole." This is helpful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm gl- I'm glad I could help. I'm I'm glad I could help. Let's let's. Okay. Are we so done here? Start. Yeah. No. I, that's, <laughs> so, maybe that's the biggest yeah. takeaway for so, us. So so it's just really important. But the other thing is, is that it's really it's really helpful. If it, a good confrontation is one where you tell the person as specifically as you can, like, this is what hurt me, or this is what's hurting on me. Or, this is why this is bothering me. That you center it in, like, this is the injury that was done to me, not like you're so awful for doing it, you know? Because sometimes somebody can hurt you, and they're not doing anything wrong, right? They're just doing their own. Like, I'm just sitting there eating my cereal, right? Right? And my wife goes, could you eat any softer than that? You are slurping. I can't hear myself. Thank you. What, you suck. And like, that's going to get me very defensive. But, and, and, and the, the fact of the matter is I'm not doing anything wrong, but like, it's still bothering her. And so she has a right to say, I am so distracted by the noises that you make when you eat. Like, I, I. I can't hear myself think. You're like, okay, so so you you've confronted me. You've told me that yeah. like, something I'm doing is bothering you, but like you've done it in a way that you're owning the fact that like it's bothering you. It doesn't you're not saying like y- you eat way too loud. I hate the way you eat. Right? Okay. So 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 first of all, like I think what you what you want to recognize is in in a confrontation your job is to try to make the other person aware of the problem. To make the other person aware of the problem that is their behavior or that is your feelings, okay? But, like, it's about making them, it's, a, it's about giving them awareness. And, letting, and, and, and And if, in fact, you're angry, it's okay to say, like, and I'm, I'm really angry about this. I'm really upset about this. I'm really hurt by this, you know? This is how I'm feeling. I'm letting you know. And in a sense, it's kind of an invitation. Like, what do you want to do with that? You know, yeah. I'm, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy saying, I'm sad. I'm very hurt. I'm upset. Okay. So, so, so I'm going to skip over like, cause we're up against time and I, I don't like the real action here is what happens next. Right. But
1: I think you are saying, though, that if you start poorly, what happens next is harder. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah.
0: You don't, you don't, you know, there, there are certain comfort, there are certain ways of confronting that, you know, and uh, that are more likely to inject to, to less likely to put the person on the, on the defense. I'll give you another one. It's really simple. Like, don't call anybody any names. Just, just take name, call like, you know, like name calling. Yeah.
1: No name calling.
0: Asshole, selfish, jerk. Um, manipulator like like even if you want to say somebody's behavior was manipulative don't call them a, manip- a manipulator you're such a you're such a control freak go like i feel controlled when you do that
1: right i yeah. felt manipulated is different than you are a manipulator at your core absolutely you always do absolutely
0: okay and th- and that'll 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 tie into what happens with forgiveness okay so 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 hold that thought so so okay so so so, that, so you put something out there. Or maybe sometimes you don't have to put something out there. Maybe sometimes like you just bleed and the other person realizes like, oh, geez, I did something wrong. I mean, sometimes people, we do something wrong. We know we did something wrong. We screwed up. So, so an apology doesn't always require a, a confrontation in front of it. Sometimes an apology just comes unbidden um, when we become aware that we've done something wrong. But let's say you or I or Kristen, I mean, I know it hardly ever happens to Kristen, become <laughs> aware of some deep wrongdoing that we've done okay and there's the apology there's the apology that we make in the moment i'm three hours late and we've missed the show and i forgot and i go, i'm so you know and, and and like i'm so i'm so sorry i'm late i'm so i'm so sorry i screwed up this night like you just like there's the provisional apology that you might put or when somebody says to you like Hey, you 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 really you really messed up my the meeting with that that comment that you made and you go like I, 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 you know gosh I'm sorry you feel that way or I'm sorry like like you're okay to like it's okay to go like you know whatever the provisional apology but the real apology generally comes after you've thought about it for a second and I'm gonna give you the five elements of a really good apology okay I wrote them down. Going to run through them really fast. All right. So, five elements of a really good apology is the first thing you do is you have to express regret. Say what you're sorry for specifically. Uh, How the other person was hurt. What happened. I'm sorry I was late. I'm sorry the 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 show got ruined. I'm sorry. That, biz- that our business failed. I'm s- like, I'm sorry this thing happened. I'm sorry you got hurt, okay? I'm sorry you're, you know. So, so, so part of it is expressing regret and letting the person know that you understand, that, that, that you grasp um, the harm that was done to them that you're like this that must have like when i didn't show up you must have been so scared you must have been so upset like i know how much you were looking forward to this show and i i, I i'm and, and it must have just been so disappointing to you you must be so angry um I, I I hear your anger and I understand why you're angry. You have to demonstrate your awareness of and your sorrow about the harm that's been caused to the other person. So like, I'm sorry this happened. I'm sorry about what happened and why I'm, and, and, and this is why I'm sorry. I'm sorry because it hurt you. I'm sorry because it let you down. I'm sorry because it it's something that you're really sensitive about and I should have known better. Like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But then the second part of the the apology is where you accept responsibility because like the an apology that's not an apology is like, I'm sorry that that bothered you.
2: <laughs>
0: right. Cause what you're really saying is I'm sorry. You're so sensitive yeah. or like, or like if that, if, 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 you know, I did what I did and, and you know, if that bothered you, I'm really sorry. Like, I'm sorry. You're such a, you're such a oversensitive jerk. And so in the same, in the same kind of jujitsu movement, I'm sorry. And then you have to quickly pivot to I was wrong too. You have to accept responsibility. You have to focus on your own behavior. Like I'm sorry that the play got ruined. I was wrong for not learning my lines or I was wrong for showing up late or I was wrong for and you have to own what you did.
2: I wanted like, I feel like the acceptance of our own faults can sometimes be so hard. And I wonder why that is like why we assume we shouldn't be making any mistakes or hurting people. I think like when I see the, like, I'm sorry that you're so sensitive. What is it about us that doesn't want to just accept that we hurt people?
0: What do you, like, just, just listen to your own sentence we hurt people like yeah. why why would that be hard to accept like cuz yeah. it's crummy i was wrong yeah feels bad i
1: think maybe you're speaking to expectations though right like is it the ego that just like i'm a good person so a good person should never hurt somebody right this i think you've talked about before like i'm a good person therefore i should be good at relationships right so <laughs> it's really hard for me to say i'm a good person and I hurt people, right? Like, it feels like those shouldn't be allowed yeah. in the same bucket. And, I, and most people, at least from my experience, tend to label themselves good people, right?
0: <laughs> right? And, and here's the interesting thing on that. There's this woman that's made a kajillion dollars with the greatest TED Talk and book in the world, like Brene Brown, this thing, Daring Greatly, you know, the power of vulnerability. And, and, and if, you, if, you, if, you, if you climb into that, that, that world, like, there's, she's really good at articulating why it's freeing to admit that we're fallible to admit that we're limited to to admit that we're vulnerable and and what i would say is like it is it is hard to be vulnerable and saying i was wrong is a form of vulnerability Mm -hmm. and and there's but there is like once somebody learns what happens is because for instance somebody somebody gets up in front of a crowd of people and they say you know what i uh i struggle with bed wetting and i i've I've struggled with my whole life and i wet the bed and they get down and people and they go like everyone's going to think i'm a terrible loser if i admit this so they finally confess the terrible thing and they get down and people walk up and go like you know i wet the bed too That was so courageous of you to say that oh thank you so much for being so vulnerable and we actually find that people do not see us as weak when we confess our vulnerability. They actually see it as a form of strength. Sure. And, and, and they find it courageous and, and they are attracted to vulnerable people. That we think people will be repelled if we let them know that we make mistakes and actually people are attracted to vulnerable people. And saying I was wrong is not a very far thing from saying I'm weak.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm fallible. I make mistakes. And so part of this is like, in a larger sense, we have to teach our children and teach ourselves and teach each other that, that when you admit that you don't know something, a part of the other person thrills and goes, oh, I could teach you something. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, you don't have all the answers? Oh, neither do I. I feel much, I feel much more safe in your presence now. And so the, the power of vulnerability is, 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 a, lar- is a, a whole other su- conversation. hmm but like what I'm saying is, is that in this moment, Kristen, that's the key. Like if we can teach somebody the, 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 that this is not a, an act of weakness, but an act of strength, it's a lot easier to say, I was wrong to do this. Yeah. And, and one of the things is when I say I was wrong to do this, it's very different than saying I'm a terrible person. Peter said it well. Like I'm saying I, good person, was wrong. Like the reason this is, this is remarkable, the reason I am saying it is because, like, I generally don't do these things. But in this situation, I'm going to remark upon this because, like, this is out of character for me. <laughs> Something I'm not proud of. And here's the key. When you accept responsibility, it's really important that you focus only on your own behavior, that you don't implicate the other person. You don't go, like, I was wrong to curse you out, but you just made me so mad when you, when you, when you made that face and I couldn't help it. Because that's all of a sudden you're implicating them and you're not taking responsibility. You're saying that it was their fault that you did what you did. Now you may act; they may have some culpability in this conflict. But when you apologize, you don't apologize for the whole conflict. You apologize for your what you're responsible for, hmm. and it's not your job to highlight also that they also have a part in this in almost every conflict I would between a married couple, including infidelity, there's culpability on both sides. Almost always, you know, that, 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 there's, that, that there was a withdrawal or, or, or you know, not always, not always on purpose, but like almost always like there's, there's, there's a, a whole set of things that set somebody up to be vulnerable to make that kind of betrayal. And so it would be very easy for the, for the person as they come back to apologize and go like, you know, I'm so sorry I had an affair, but like, you know, you were just so unavailable to me emotionally and we hadn't had sex for a long time. And like, they're basically saying it's like, you know, so like, what else was I going to do? And that's a crappy apology. You have to say, I was wrong to, and focus on your own behavior. The third part of a good apology is the offer to make restitution. It's like, I was wrong to do this. And then the next question you want to ask is, what can I do to make things better? Or I know what I need to do. I need to, like, I was wrong to, to, to run over your, 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 your mailbox. And I, I just want, like, I am, I'm, it must have been so frustrating for you when you saw it. And I, it was my fault. I wasn't looking where I was going. And I, like, I want you to know I'm going to pay for your mailbox and I'm going to fix the lawn around it. You know, so sometimes you know what you need to do. And sometimes you just go like, what can I do? And sometimes the answer is there's nothing you can do. You broke you broke the vase that my mother gave me. It's an irreplaceable thing. There's only one of them, and it's gone now. There's nothing you can do. But you offer. So is there anything I can do to make things better? Um, I do like any- that
1: language too about make it better instead of make it right. Because like you said, make it right. Like sometimes there's – it would have been better had you just not done it. And there's no way to make it right. It's, it's not writable anymore, but you can right. make it better.
0: Yeah. That, that's, a, that's a great point. That's a great point. Um, yeah, that's exactly it. And so restitution is like, I'm going to do what I can. And so like that demonstrates that like, in a sense, that's the action point of like, if are you really, you know, it was your fault and you really are sorry about it. How do I know that? Because you want to do something, you know? You feel, you feel indebted. You feel obligated. You feel obliged. Okay, so that's good. Now, the fourth part is even more important. And that is you have to promise change. Cool. If you apologize for something like, I'm sorry that I ran over your, your mailbox. I wasn't paying attention. Um, I was drunk. And you don't promise that you're going to pay attention because you're not going to drink anymore. Like if you don't tell me what you're going to do to make it right, the apology falls flat. So it's like I'm committed to doing X or Y or Z to ensure this kind of thing doesn't happen again. Or I'm committed to doing X, Y, or Z so you can begin to trust me again. Like I've broken your trust. They so say like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm, I'm going to go to rehab, or I'm going to get counseling, or I'm going to read a book about, or I'm going to let you, you know, like I'm going to give you access to this thing I didn't give you access to. Like, like I, I want you to be able to trust me again, and I'm committed to, to, to earning your trust back this way. You have to, you have to, you have to make a promise that there's going to be change. Otherwise, if somebody says, hey, I'm sorry I was late, honey. And I was late last week and I was late the week before. And you go like, I'm sorry I was late. What are you going to do to change it? Nothing. Like, are you going to buy a watch now? Are you going to leave the office a, a, an hour earlier? No, I'm not actually. <laughs> You're like, I'm just sorry. It's like, then, then it turns into, I'm sorry this bothers you. But, but what I'm doing wasn't really wrong. Because if it was wrong, you would yeah. change it.
1: Yeah.
0: So you got to promise change sense. And, and especially when trust is broken, you got to promise, you, you got to recognize, like, I'm going to do this so that you can begin to trust me again. Like, it's, you know, trust is hard, easy to lose and hard to win back, but, like, it can be won back. But, but what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do to convince me that you're trustworthy now that you've broken my trust?
3: Hey everyone, it's Kristen. Just wanted to take a moment to say thank you for tuning in. I hope that you're finding these messages helpful for you in your everyday life. Um, That's what we're trying to do here is gather around the idea that life is a gift and love is the point, and let's give ourselves ways to move forward in that in our own everyday world. Um, So I wanted to take a moment to say thank you for being a part of this community. To those of you who have participated and given financially, we want to say thank you to you. Everything that we do here happens because people make contributions. People say, I value this place. I want it to exist for me and for other people, and so I'm going to support it, and so We just want to say how grateful we are um, that you do that. And for those of you who maybe haven't had a chance to contribute yet, um, we would ask you to consider maybe doing so. If you find this place beneficial, if you find these messages helpful for you, then um, consider joining us in that way. You can go to eastlakecc.com to make a contribution. um, And we just always are thankful for the people who want this place to exist. So thanks again for tuning in. Let's get back to the message.
0: The fifth element is, is maybe is maybe the one that sometimes we forget about as we go like, "I'm sorry and I'm going to do this to fix it." you know and, and we, we forget to request for forgiveness, to actually say the words, "Please forgive me," or "I hope you will be able to forgive me." to demonstrate your hope and your desire to build a better friendship in the future like... I want, please forgive me. Or I hope you'll be able to forgive me. What you don't do is demand forgiveness. You know, do you forgive me? So you forgive me, right? Like it's sometimes it takes, sometimes it takes time. So that's a request that you make with no strings attached. But one of the things that requesting forgiveness does is it reminds the other person that they have power. That, that 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 is theirs to grant or not to grant, that you recognize that you are, you are, you are dependent upon them. And sometimes when people apologize, they almost do it in a kind of a, um, an aggressive way where it's like, look, I'm saying I'm sorry and, and, and you need like, and that I, I've taken care of it. I've done all, I've done all I can do. I've said I'm sorry. That's all I can do. Yeah. And it's re- it's really important that your apology end with a request that makes it clear that like actually it, it isn't it, it it doesn't it doesn't depend on me whether we get reconciled, it depends on you. Hmm.
1: Hmm. That's thorough. That's better than many of my apologies
0: part. <laughs> <laughs> and it and, and here's the thing and, and Peter, here's the thing, like a lot of times it's so thorough. That it's hard for somebody who's not super articulate to do. And so what I would say is, is that sometimes you stumble through an apology. And what you're really doing in your initial apology is you're sort of like, this is a placeholder. Like, I'll get back to you. Like, I, I, know, I know you deserve a proper apology. I'm really sorry. But it's going to take me a minute. Like, I want to work up a proper apology. Hmm. And, and then you go back and you go like, and then what are you doing? I, go, I sit down with a piece of paper and I go step one step two and right up and you go you don't show up at the next conversation and go like hey do you have a few minutes because i want to properly apologize to you. And, you and you have notes and you go like, well if they see you reading off your notes then they'll know it's not sincere it's not from your heart <laughs> just, just the contrary if they see you reading off their notes they're going to know like you really thought about this and you're really working hard to get the words right and so you go like people people very much in, in conflict situations, people underestimate the power of intention and demonstrating your intention and demonstrating your goodwill. And writing it, writing it out doesn't undermine your credibility. It enhances it.
2: I have a question. I feel like um, this is so helpful for when I'm thinking like when I know I've like really messed up, having this language is really helpful. And this is me being vulnerable right now. I feel like in our marriage, a lot of our conflict is when, like, we don't, when the other person doesn't think they've done anything wrong. So, like, the conflict is, like, neither one, we're not seeing the situation the same way. And so, like, I know Andy's, he's way better than I am at apologizing when he, like, knows He's like crossed a line, or did something like forgot something, like all those things. But like, a lot of our conflict is like bickering over small things where we just don't see eye to eye, and it turns into bigger conflict because neither one of us is like, I didn't do anything. We're both like, I didn't do anything wrong.
0: (laughs) I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you one of my favorite analogies. Okay, so you're driving down the road, right? You're driving down the road in the middle of the night. You come over a hill, and in the road in front of you, is uh, a family fixing their car. Kids are in the car. Family's fixing their car, guys changing the tire. That's in one lane. And in the other lane is, is, is the family dog. Okay. And you're going 80 miles an hour. Oh, you're, no. Actually, <laughs> You're within the speed limit. What are you going to do? And you go like, well, if, if, if you're thoughtful, you swerve and you run over the dog.
2: Do you know and that I could- had that question in driver's ed? She okay. asked me.
0: Maybe that's where I got this. Maybe yeah, that's she what she asked
2: did. me. She was like, what do you do? And I was like, I don't know. And she goes, you hit the dog. And I'm like, no, you can't right. hit the dog. Yeah, right. You hit the
0: dog, right? And then the question is, and then you stop the car. And the question is, do you owe that family an apology? Mm. You, they, they broke down in the middle of the road. Their dog is in the middle of the road. You were driving the speed limit. You did nothing wrong. In fact, you made the, your driver's ed teacher is going, Kristen, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> you listened and you learned. Okay. You've done nothing wrong. Do you owe that family an apology? Mm -hmm. of course you do you killed their dog they're in pain they're in pain you've done nothing wrong so you come back and you say what's step one you go like i am so sorry your dog i i i hit hit your dog i killed your dog i'm so sorry that i hit your dog and 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 I I I I'm, I'm just sorry that I was I was the one I was driving down this road I, I you know I wish I hadn't been driving down this road and I hadn't killed your dog I wish I hadn't done it Is there anything I can do like to, to you know to make it better uh, you know I I'm re, I re, you know I I, I I'm going to be even more you know I, I was I was driving this carefully but I'm going to be even more careful now now that I'm aware of this mm-hmm. and, and I hope you can forgive me and they're going like, you didn't do anything wrong, lady, like, but you're hurt, Yeah. but you're hurt. And so, like, you can apologize for being the person who happened to be behind, like, it could have been anybody, anybody driving the road could have hit their dog, but it, I'm sorry that it was me. I'm sorry that I'm the one that did it.
2: Yeah. The reality of the situation. Yeah. I'm
0: sorry about the reality of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. And so i like, you go like, and if I didn't exist, we wouldn't be here today. And so I'm sorry. In some sense, like, I'm sorry I exist. Like, that was my <laughs> offense. Like, and I'm not sorry I exist, but I, but, but for your, from your perspective, it would have been better for you if I wasn't here. And so I'm sorry. I'm the one that did this.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I, you, you can own it. Yeah. I think of that in our marriage too. I think of like, as we've been married longer, we've had, Brittany and I have had to get more comfortable with, like, this isn't, like, an objective problem. This is a personal preference. And, when I cross that personal preference, it hurts you. It's annoying. If you were to cross that, that line for me, it wouldn't annoy me. It wouldn't bug me. You wouldn't have to apologize. But I have to apologize when I cross that personal preference for you. And that is annoying sometimes because we all like to think we are like this, objective lens on right and wrong and morality Mm -hmm. and good good relationship skills but like apologizing when i annoy her is something that i think we have to be okay with it's
0: kind of some conflicts are not resolvable like Mm -hmm. you like it hot she likes it cold like right that's (laughs) right and so you go like so you figure out ways to manage those conflicts but like once you've worked that way out Sometimes you come up with an accommodation, like in these situations, we turn the heat up. In these situations, we turn it down and you bring a sweater or whatever. Yeah. And then somebody breaks that or somebody, somebody rebels against the accommodation or they go like, oh, I'm so sick of doing this for you. And then, and then the, the thing that they can apologize for is not liking it hot. <laughs> but it's not, I, I'm, I'm sorry that I, re, that I didn't respect the agreement. Or I'm sorry that I wasn't that 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 I made you feel bad about something that's completely outside of your control. So so a lot of times that's what it comes down to is so that's a whole other like again like that's like we'll move that like it's like the vulnerability thing like move that over there. There's a whole conversation to be had about how do couples reach accommodation or friends or anyone when the conflict is irresolvable. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like you believe in God and I don't. And it really upsets you that I'm going to hell. And it really upsets me that you think I'm going to hell. Yeah. Um, you know, and you're like, we're not going to fix that. You're like, so how do we work out? How do we, how do we make that conflict less toxic? So that's a whole, but in in yeah. the, it, th- these apologies work best in cases where there's clear and obvious wrongdoing and somebody knows they've done wrong. But yeah. sometimes even in one of those, the wrongdoing comes on top of it because it's like, I know you're like, I know you can't do anything about that, but I, but, but I make you feel bad about it.
1: Mm-hmm. I make
0: you feel bad for being who you are. I let you know what a drag it is to be married to you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in that situation, I owe you an apology. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even even if it's even even if you even if I've done nothing wrong, it, there's something wrong with making you feel like a drag.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. So, he, he, and, and 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 we're flying through time. Like, do you have time for the rest, or do you, do you just want to leave it there?
1: What, what's the rest? I thought there was the rest. I'll give Three you five back.
0: I'll give you five minutes, okay? okay because okay. Then, then, then the ball goes in the other court, person's court and you go like, what is forgiveness? And boy, you guys could have a a, bun- a whole East Lake series on forgiveness. And particularly once you step outside of the Christian paradigm and you go like, Why forgive if it's not commanded? Hmm. Right. And the answer is there's a, lot of, there's a lot of really healthy reasons to forgive. There's a lot of reasons forgiveness is part of every religion. Because like human beings, basically, if they can't figure out how to forgive each other, bonobos will tell you the same thing. So elephants, like if you can't figure out how to resolve conflict, like no tribe can hold together and you're, and, and you're out there in the world on your own. Hmm. But what, one of the things I always say to people when I'm teaching them forgiveness is it's really important to figure out what forgiveness isn't. It isn't tolerance. It isn't forgetting or saying that doesn't matter. It isn't sweeping it under the rug, as you as you said earlier. It's not it's not surrendering your right to justice. If somebody hurts you and you forgive them, if somebody runs over your mailbox and you forgive them, that doesn't mean they don't have to pay for the mailbox, right? When you forgive somebody, it's not that. It's not and it's not inviting somebody to hurt you again, saying hey, don't worry about it. You can do that again. It's not a big deal. And then they go, "Oh, it's not a big deal. I'll do it again." What well, forgiveness, is there's three things, I'm just, at least three things. Maybe I'll give you four. <laughs> the first thing, aspect of forgiveness is you got to separate the person from the hurt that they caused. Hmm. Okay, you got to separate the person from the hurt that they caused. And you, so, so how would you, how might you do it? You might like sit down with a piece of paper and go like, okay. What are three or four descriptive words about Kristen? You know, like, I don't know Kristen very well. You, you do, Peter. Like, can you give me a few descriptive, po- make them positive, positive, positive. I put her, uh, kind. I'm
1: kind. Kristen in the kind bucket. Yeah. I put her in the thoughtful person, meaning she's, uh, I think she's quite thoughtful. Right. Like she doesn't, right. she's not rash or like, just like reactive Beautiful. i think okay. be pretty intentional okay move on Good.
0: we don't i don't want to hear how great she is
1: <laughs> okay um, i do this is fantastic just give yeah. me three words <laughs> um how about friendly
0: friendly okay kind friendly thoughtful sort of thoughtful. oh sorry
1: yeah thoughtful uh no, that's great yeah. kind friendly and thoughtful
0: those are those are great okay cool. so you go like okay so like i could do that for my wife i could do that for you, a lot of people right you say know, so so you make that list and then underneath it, you go what are three to four descriptive words about the wrongdoing that she did, cool. so you go like that was selfish, that was thoughtless, that was infu- you know that was that was mean, like like, and you go like wait, so so what I'm saying is Kristen is this, but what cool. she did is this, and so the first part of forgiveness is when some when we're really mad at somebody, we're not like they're not the person, who who hurt us. They're a monster. They're the herder. They're the abuser. They're like, like, and you go like, no, no, no. Thoughtful, kind, friendly. But the action that they did, selfish, mean, hurtful. And you go like, okay, so you separate the person from the act. And that's a really important thing to do, to recognize that like it's, – it's just like we do with mental health and in general. We don't say somebody's schizophrenic. We say that's a person who has schizophrenic disorder. Because like – they're more than just their, their diagnosis, right? Right. And she's right. more than a per, she's more than the person who who stepped up, who who spat all over you in the meeting and made you feel like an idiot. She's more than that. Because she's kind and thoughtful and friendly. And what she did was that was that was mean and selfish and rot. So so I think that that's that's the first step. You separate the person. You remember. Oh, we're dealing with a person here. She recovers her humanity in your eyes. Hmm. And boy, you think about your husband or your wife, how yeah, sometimes really they, be- they become lost in the red mist of your anger towards them. And they are just, he's an asshole. She's a bitch. And, and no, 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 no. That's that's a loving, kind, thoughtful, smart person who did this, who did this thing that I am furious about. I am so mad about. It. The, th- the second thing you do is. If you're going to really forgive somebody, and take some time to do this. So you have to surrender your right to get even. Forgiveness is about going like, you hurt me and I'm not going to hurt you back. Not an eye for an eye. Well, to do that, you kind of have to go like, what would getting even look like? Like, think about what they did to you and go like, what would, what would it mean if I was going to get even? If I was going to get even, I would do this. You know what I'd like to do? I'd like to punch her right in the mouth. You know what I'd like to do? I'd like, I'd like to, I'd like to wreck his birthday party so that he could know what it feels like. And, you know, people do this stuff. They, you've you got to imagine like, what is it, what does this person deserve? Or what would be fair? Or what, 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 what would you like to do? And then you have to like articulate that, look at it and go like, I'm not going to do that. It's just, let's, can we just be honest? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it. And not like, not just because I can't, or because I like I'm 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 surrendering it. Even if I could do it, I wouldn't do it. Separate. Okay. And then the third thing you do is, and this is the hardest of them all: is you got to revise your feelings. And, and and you know you've revised your feelings when you're actually able to articulate that you want to seek the other person's best interest. And so that, what what I say to that is you got to actually sit down and go like. Given what this, given what Peter just did to me, what would be best? What would be the best outcome for Peter? So the best outcome might be like, I hope Peter learns something here. I hope Peter gets rehab. I hope Peter goes. goes I, I hope Peter overcomes his selfishness. I, I I I hope he changes. I hope he goes to jail and they teach, <laughs> you know, and and so that he won't hurt anybody else. And while he's there, he gets rehabilitated. Like I want restorative justice like I, I, I don't want to let him off the hook. I want him to get better I want this never to happen again. what would what, you know what is what needs to happen and then you have to ask the question and again if you're spiritual if you're, if, you're, if you're religious or if you're agnostic you would ask this differently but can I hope that for them? Can I actively say like I hope that happens. I hope he learns this and has a great life because he's he becomes a, such a better person or I pray that this happens for this person. That, so. so there, there's one last aspect of this, and, 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 and I know we're over time, but I'm gonna tell it to you anyway, because it's so important, is it's really good to identify what's in the other person's best interest, but if you're gonna really forgive people, you have to identify your own best interest too.
1: Hmm.
0: And you have to go like, in this moment, is it in my best interest to have contact with this person? Is it in my best interest to cooperate with them again? Is it, is it in my best interest to trust them? Because sometimes forgiveness hinges on you recognizing that it is in your best interest to forgive the other person,
1: hmm.
0: that they're 20 minutes late, but you've been planning on watching this show all night or, or, or all week, and you'd be better off forgiving them so that you could just let your feelings go and go and enjoy the show with them. You're going to be married to them for a long time. You're going to be friends with them again eventually. And if you choose to be friends with them now, you can get on with the show. And so sometimes forgiveness isn't just about thinking about the other person's best interest. It's about thinking about your own. And I will add, Peter, sometimes your own best interest means I'm going to forgive this person, and I'm not going to let them back in my life. I'm not going to let them back. They're too dangerous. Yeah. All right, this this it, so that, good. that's it. That's, <laughs> that's all you that's, got? That's all I got. That's all I got. On,
1: I love it, Bart. This is so helpful. I think it's great because, I mean, I got notes. I, I'm taking notes on it just to, like, keep record in my brain of – because I think we try to include some elements, I think. We, we've been trained, whether that's through example or um, watching others, I think, apologize. But understanding it kind of broken down um, and understanding the different elements, I think it's just critical. Because ultimately, like like you said at the beginning, a lot of the challenges um, related to our mental health are connected to how we navigate relationships and relationships are good until they aren't, right? Everybody's like, everybody's like low stress about their relationships until there's conflict and there's always a conflict in an ongoing relationship. Myth, so anyway, what you're speaking to is helpful.
0: The myth of Hollywood is, is that a great relationship depends on finding the right person.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, one of my favorite uh, guys, um, Alain Dubouton, wrote a very famous article going on, on why you will marry the wrong person.
2: You've said, yeah. you sent that to yeah, us. Yeah. So good. I, yeah. I think I said, it was, there was a, an article, so was good. there a video? I think there was a yeah. video. Yeah. Yeah. He has a video. Sent, too. Yeah. I sent it to huh, there is no so right many person. people. Yeah. Yeah. There is
0: no right person whoever it is. And if they are the right person, wait six months and they'll become the wrong person.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. right, And so
0: what, what, what our relationships depend on is not finding the right partner who will never cross us and with whom we are perfectly compatible,
1: yeah.
0: but it's developing a really good processing system so that when we cross each other, we move through it fast. If you, wanted to know, if you want to know what the hallmark of, what the, what the thing I'm proudest of in my marriage is, is that when it started, we would have conflict and sometimes it would take a week or a couple of weeks before we would start being friends again.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, we held, I, I we didn't. It took us a long time to say we were sorry, and it took us an even longer time to let it go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And now the same conflict, oftentimes, will be resolved in five minutes um, because we both know where it's going, and we know what's required, and we trust the other person's sincerity because they've forgiven. They, they've apologized to us, and we've forgiven them back and forth so many times that we go like. She, I know she means it. I know. He, I know <laughs> yeah. he means it. And uh, and we and, and and what happens is is that the difference is is that we don't lose two weeks.
2: Yeah, I was yeah. going to say part of this whole thing is that why this is part of mental health is that we've had that happen too, and it's like the state of my mind during those three days when I'm just like stewing. Yeah, it's it's not terrible it's terrible Loodle. and so the yeah. the better you can get at practicing these things i think is how you spare yourself that unhealthy Weak, yeah. <laughs> um, wait, just,
1: wait.
0: do you see what i'm doing here i mean uh, i'm, I'm are agreeing you with you are you apologizing <laughs> to your wife <laughs> no my my wife is texting me saying you said you'd be down at four o'clock yeah good 4 four let's do <laughs> yeah. are you coming and so like I'm I'm actually gonna have to go and apologize. That's, right now.
1: That's perfect.
0: That's oh, a perfect. This time. was great, but That's we're thank done. You I love you both. I'll talk <laughs> to you, you guys bar. later. All right. All right. Bye-bye. It. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. To make a donation, head to eastlakecc.com slash donate.